Welcome to Welcome to Primetime, a show covering the Freddy Krueger-hosted anthology series, Freddy's Nightmares, one episode at a time. I'm Brennan Klein. Every episode is brought to you by listeners who donated to the Okra Project. Donations are now closed. Thank you so much to everybody who contributed. This week, returning guest. He's from the Fright School and Arts Time of the Month podcasts. Joe Farron, welcome back to Welcome to Primetime. Hi, thank you for having me back. You're so welcome. Um, thank you for, you know, continuing to be my friend in the intervening months since we started this podcast and also agreeing to come on the final episode. I well, Yes, sorry, I mean, I just, I just love it, you know? I just love it. And by it, I mean our friendship, so. <laughs> me too. We, we have, weirdly... We have each other's numbers, but we mainly just text on Instagram. <laughs> yes, we're we're. That's why it's like this is my friend from Instagram. <laughs> yeah, but it it works. You know that yeah. that's the that's the tenor, that's the flavor that our relationship has taken. It's podcasts or Instagram. <laughs> exactly. Um. But anyway, so I wanted you back because you were our very first guest, and I loved doing those episodes so much, and I wanted to see you know if you've noticed a marked change in how this show exists. I guess. <laughs> Okay, well, we can get into that in a little bit. <laughs> yes, we can. Um, well, first, do you want to tell uh, the good listeners about your two podcasts that you have? Yes. So, dear listener, of course, you have been listening since the beginning. But if you have forgotten, um, I co-host and have co-created a podcast called Fright School, which is a horror podcast um, done from the perspective, my perspective, I should say, of being a first-time first timer to horror and i mean i've been doing this for about four years now so i'm not really a first timer but everything that we watch pretty much is something that i've never seen before so we talk about the social significance the cultural anxiety the the basically the the kind of things that you know we try to glean a lot from um, a lot of different films. And then my other podcast is called Art Time of the Month, and Art Time of the Month is a monthly arts and culture recap podcast that is nothing to do with horror, uh, and it's still very much fun. So I encourage you to listen. Yes, uh, so do I. And I would say having nothing to do with horror is totally appropriate for this podcast because Friday's Nightmares has nothing to do with horror. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, everything to do with campy puns and nothing to do with horror. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, but yes, the particular non-horror episode we're watching today is called uh, Prisoner of Love. It's season two, episode 21, the penultimate episode of this television program. Um, original air date, March 4th, 1990. Here's what you could have watched in theaters instead that weekend. The Hunt for Red October. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> yeah, that's something that I've heard, actually heard of. R.I.P. R.I.P. Yeah, Sean Connery. <laughs> um, the writer on this episode is Richard Bebin. He wrote Barney Miller, Star Wars, Star Wars Droids, that animated show from the 80s. Um, director is Richard T. Shore. He was the first AD on Freddy's Nightmares, but he became the production manager for shows like United States of Terra and Sons of Anarchy. Very similar shows, I would say. <laughs> Definitely for United States of Terra. Um, I wasn't real. I didn't really watch Sons of Anarchy, uh, but yes, definitely United States of Terra. <laughs> That's just so good. Um, but yes, okay. So the cast here as as Jake Johnson. Oh, we have this is the best name ever. Biff Yeager. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. He mainly plays small roles as cops and security guards. He was in Sid and Nancy, Batman Returns, Repo Man. 
Um, and as Brenda, we have Tara Buckman, who uh, most notably plays the mom who was murdered by Santa in the beginning of Silent Night, Deadly Night. And then there's oh my eight, God. <laughs> there's 18 flashbacks to her murder um, throughout the franchise. Um, yeah, so that's what we're working with here. Let's get started, Joe. Um, <laughs> do we have to? We have to. <laughs> Um, hey, it's it's your show. <laughs> it is, and um, we're I'm so close. We're, we're almost done with this. We're very close. So, a woman is being marched to the electric chair. She is zapped, but doesn't die. They keep trying more and more electricity. Guess what? It was a dream. Shocker. <laughs> um. <laughs> so, Don't you love that they got the guy from Dead or Alive to throw the switch? Like, oh, oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, he's in all of my dreams, so. Right, right. <laughs> and here's where things immediately get confusing. Because Brenda is the woman who had this dream. She's in her cell. Um, her cell neighbor, Violet, like, holds out her hand and, like, waggles cigarettes in her face. And she's like, eat it, Brenda. <laughs> or wait, I think I got the names reversed, but whatever. Um, they really are interchangeable. Like, I don't know how many times I had to like, you know, go backward and be like, um, who is who? Uh, because yeah, it was, it was very much interchangeable names. Yeah. They're interchangeable names. They're the exact same character. They're, they're gruff prison women that are supposed to be Latina, but seem to be as white as possible i was like are we subscribing to like the rita hayworth uh linda rodstadt version of like what is a latina woman at this time because i think we are um because it's like it's brenda and then violet and i'm like okay not even like you know like a violetta not you know nothing nothing other than that but i, I mean i guess what's the most latino thing about them is the fact that they're uh in gangs right <laughs> Oh, for sure. I mean, they do have uh, Latino last names, um, which is the only reason I even considered that they might be supposed to be. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but then also later, I mean, spoiler alert, there's a priest in this uh, episode. And Violet, I think, starts calling him Padre, but she says it in the widest way possible. She calls him Padre. Yeah, and it's it's very much like... It's very much kind of like that kind of old, uh, the trope of like the gruff prisoner who's like, you know, you Padre. Like it was very, that's kind of how it felt to me. And I'm like, okay, are you actually saying Padre like you mean like a priest? Or are you saying it just, you're being flip? And it's, I think it's difficult to tell. <laughs> it's extremely difficult to tell. Oh, and I found the names. Okay, so it's Violet Rodriguez. It's like, okay, that's something. And then Brenda Vincent. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, it, it's not really, it's not clear. Um, and the only thing we know about Brenda is that she is intense and she hates things. Yes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so Violet is handing her the cigarettes and she goes to reach for them, but she grabs her arm and she's like, I'm your executioner, you angel bitch. Um, so they're in rival gangs. Brenda is in jail for killing Violet's cousin, I guess. Of course, because it's again, it's Latina, right? So you know, there it's a cousin, and we're just gonna hold this blood feud against uh, some nameless cousin. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't think they ever say the name. They're like, "You killed my cousin." Blank. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, look, the racial representation on the show has actually not been the absolute worst um, for an 80s television show. Like, we had that black judge, actually, in that episode that you and I watched. Yeah, um, mm-hmm, that's right. There are some Asian side characters who aren't horrifying stereotypes, but, you know, they're always side characters who are just like, wow, really, Jennifer? Yeah. <laughs> um, But again, just by the standards of the time, it was like, okay... I've seen a person of color on screen, and that's what I can accept in this moment. Uh, we have no other options. Um, but yeah, they're, the last couple episodes of the season, they've really been like screwing the pooch. But They were just trying to exhaust all that money. They were like, okay, let's just make as much, get as much as we can. I guess. Um, but yeah, Freddy is here. Okay, so I don't know if this Freddy interstitial is idiotic or genius um he's in an apron holding a wok and he's like have i got a recipe for you perfect for two women in stir about to take their final wok about to be stir fried (laughs) i i i wrote that down as well i was like i think this is brilliant um because you know somebody like you know someone was watching like you know yan can cook or something at the time and just being like oh you know there's some wok puns because that's what we were missing all along like that's what we were really missing were these like wok puns and and freddy krueger also like with the gloves scraping the wok like i just couldn't like as someone who cooks at home i can't take that like i'm like oh you're gonna ruin it you're gonna ruin it oh yeah (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that's his main concern. He could probably, you know, dream up another walk. Um, it's true. There's there's endless possibilities in this liminal space. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, so it usually Freddy's puns are like half a pun, but this one's like three puns layered over each other, and I respected that. Like, someone put in work here. Because <laughs> um, they're in stir, which is prison. Walk and walk exists, and then they're about to be fried. So it's like, okay, all of that actually connects to something in this episode it all tracks good job freddy <laughs> yeah congrats maybe maybe the best he's ever done which again is a low compliment but <laughs> good for him um okay so wow we've really we've really been digging deep let's let's go move forward um the reverend shows up he has a haitian charm necklace um which is gonna lead to a more like racism of the more indirect variety in this time yeah. <laughs> It's like, is it racist if they don't show any Haitian people? <laughs> Actually, I think it especially is. <laughs> I um, think yes. By I think by like you know current standards, it's like wow, this is like appropriation, and this is like very. What I think what he say the Haitians are an earthy people, and I was he like, certainly does. <laughs> I was like earthy, like like earthy is what you describe like a tea, you know, like. <laughs> Like food, yeah, or like like a like a a woman who gardens with a yes, with, exactly. with a kind of like a Kathleen Turner voice, perhaps. <laughs> yes, yeah, a very kind of like a, a, an earthy voice, a very deep, you know. Uh, I I just think of Kathleen Turner from A Simple Wish, where she's the evil fairy godmother, and she has like Ugh. you know, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, everyone. The role out she there was born to play, exactly. And that just like very that husk again because earth husk. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's that's totally the vibe. Not a whole country of people. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. 
But yeah, so the Reverend is called in to speak with Brenda because she's about to be, you know, put to the chair. Um, and we just kind of cut in on their conversation. He's like, wow, you have a much different interpretation of the Sermon on the Mount than I do. And I'm like, I wish I had heard this conversation. <laughs> um, but yeah, so they basically start talking. Um, she's like, well, it was hard to avoid being in a gang. You've seen me. I'm Latina. You know how it is. <laughs> um... <laughs> Now, but before, hold on, before you go a little bit, okay. like, can we just talk a little bit about how the gang she, I think she's a part of, is the Elm Street Angels? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that that's adorable. That's, like, more like a Girl Scout troop. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, just like a little Girl Scout. But I'm just thinking, like, I'm thinking back to when I did watch, like, Nightmare on Elm Street, and I'm like, I don't necessarily think that like elm street was in the middle of you know like a gang war <laughs> like spanish harlem of springwood you know like <laughs> yeah oh boy yeah little dominican republic <laughs> exactly it's like you know it, it would be it would be like it would be like you know are you gonna be like a part of like the pacific palisades like chapter of the crips or the bloods like it doesn't really <laughs> seem correct yeah it's it's look well if 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 we've learned nothing else from this television show, it's that Springwood is a sprawling metropolis that has every sort of just anything that exists on the planet exists in Springwood. It's really a Mary Poppins bag of a town. Yeah, it's like um for for people who watch uh soap operas, it's like your Genoa city in Young and the Restless. Like it's supposed to be in Wisconsin, but it's oddly like metropolitan and cosmopolitan like for for like this Wisconsin city. Yeah, and it's a, it's a rural mountain beach kind of town. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, Springwood contains multitudes, um, including Brenda. She unbuttons her shirt. She's trying to seduce the reverend. And he's like, I can't. I must resist. And she's like, we are the flesh, father. And she tickles him, <laughs> which I thought was <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> what yeah, a I move. Like, I, I was like, wow, you, you just tickled a priest. <laughs> Which is a great visual, but also, look, tickling can absolutely has a role in foreplay, but at least the way that I view it, that's like when you're close as a couple and you're like playing around and not when you're trying to seduce a priest away from his like vows. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's usually the, I mean, let's be honest. It's usually the other way around when it comes to priests. They're usually the ones tickling people. Like, okay, you well, know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, sorry about it, but it's true. Uh, so yeah. And it was just so like, just the fact that like they're perfect strangers and like you felt comfortable enough to playfully tickle him was very, uh, was hilarious and very disturbing. It was, it was, it was a choice. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so afterwards, like, clearly they have had sex. He, he, he goes home to self-flagellate a little bit and pray about temptation, confessions of a marriage counselor. Um, there's a guard who shows up and asks him to, no, you know what? I'm skipping. This scene doesn't even matter, but she's a black woman. So congrats to her. She's very concerned with, um, she's very concerned with what's the protocol. Like <laughs> she really is. <laughs> Where she's like, the the inmate on death row takes priority. And he's like, but I need to see the other one. She's like, no. He's like, no. We got to go give this inmate on death row some hope. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Yeah. Um, oh, and there's a great, 
So so Brenda's the one who does not take priority, and the guard does have a great moment because Brenda's like, I need to go to the infirmary, and the guard's like, in a minute, Brenda. <laughs> she hates Brenda until she becomes priority. Mm-hmm. Okay, so basically she's like still continuing to be the temptation. She's like, there's no sin in laughter and caring and being loved. And then she tries to fuck him again. And I'm like, dear Lord, like this guard was right there. <laughs> like do, yeah. when do you, how long do you think she's going to be away from this room? And are there not cameras? This is the, I mean, this is 1990 cameras have been invented. Yeah. This is the strangest prison because it's like you, I think people are forgetting that it's not a room with four walls, like <laughs> which comes in later. Like that does definitely come in later. But like, wow, you guys are just like talking openly. I mean, I know it's death row, but people are still alive. Can hear you. Yeah, like we. It seems to be a fairly empty death row, but uh, Violet is there, and they just assume that she can't hear them. Well, first of all, fucking, mm-hmm. and then just having full conversations, not whispering. <laughs> but yeah, so they they start kissing. They kind of go down to the floor. Smash cut to him hugging a Bible and crying, which is maybe my favorite cut in the episode. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, he has a dream that he's in a confessional with this shadowy figure that turns out to be himself. Yes, but as like a higher level uh, reverend, because uh, he has established right that he's not a Catholic priest, which I don't know why that was important. Like you could have just made him a Catholic priest, but like I, I don't know why the show chose to do that. Um, yeah, and like, why he, did we have to have that conversation? Exactly. Why did we have to have this conversation? I was like, I just choose to not, you know, indulge in sins of the flesh. And I'm like, it would have been, I mean, again, this is hindsight is 2020, but uh, we would have, it would have been much, uh, much richer for the plot if he was just like a Catholic priest who had this vow of, you know, the vow of chastity. But oh, yeah. no, so we're in this confessional. Um, oh, yeah, and- which speak isn't. You're totally right. That's not even part of his religion. Protestants don't do confession. Yeah, and I'm just like, and like, I was like, wow, we're we're really incorporating a lot of like Catholic like religiosity. Uh, just any any chance to say that word, by the way, uh, <laughs> into into this. And when he's established that he is not a priest, and that's why like they're very, I think they're very intentional about calling him Reverend, about calling him Padre. And Padre, you know, again, it, the the reading is that they're Latina, right? So you know obviously they are some sort of priest but yeah it's just it it doesn't that's one of the many things that kind of took me out of it yeah there's a lot including the next scene where he he tells um brenda who who know uh, no violet um he, he basically he gets her the friar lawrence uh medicine from romeo and juliet <laughs> um <laughs> He, he I love you. I love you so much. <laughs> Thank you. We can't not talk about Shakespeare. I know. I was like, I was like, I was like we can't. Um, we, I was just like, oh my God, that's so, <laughs> this is great. But yeah, so he has this little pill that is made with the milky sap of a Haitian root. It's basically the voodoo drug where it like slows your heart rate. It makes you look dead. And he's like, all right, so I'm going to disconnect the electrical cables to the electric chair, which I can just do apparently because I am also a trained electrician. Yeah. I'm just a trained electrician. I have all this access in the prison. Yeah. And like an at home pharmacist, I guess, because he made this little pill. 
I was like, did he just pull that from the little, like, the creepy voodoo doll that he got, <laughs> that he has around his neck? Like, I just carry around this for Bill, just for fun. Yeah, like, did he, because, yeah, he served in Haiti, like, on a mission or something. Mm-hmm. And as a souvenir, did he just take home this buttload of zombie drug? <laughs> I know, I'm just like, what? See, this is where, like, if Ryan Murphy directed this, it's like he made his, he sold his soul to Papa Legba or some bullshit. You know, like, this is where... <laughs> there would be a little bit more explanation but we just kind of we're just like having to accept that he um serves in haiti for what maybe like three months and then all of a sudden is uh knows is the keeper of all of their magic yeah yeah oh god it's it, it's like um you know when somebody goes to vacation in the caribbeans and comes back with dreads yeah <laughs> Yes, exactly. Or you study abroad once in like uh, in Italy, and then you like just swear that you're just Italian. Yeah, you, you come back with an accent. <laughs> exactly, you come back with an accent, and it's like, what? It's like, girl, you're from Syosset. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. So this Haitian drug that he made will put her in suspended animation for forty eight hours. At which point he will dig her up. Um, he's like, it's our redemption together for for sex, I guess, and also murder. Yes. <laughs> um. But and also he is like a biological physicist of some kind because she's like, well, what if I wake up early in the coffin? He's like, oh, don't worry, you'll have air for about five minutes. <laughs> and I was like, first of all, I don't, I don't think that's true. Like, I don't think it works like that. Um, yeah, I don't think that works like that. Also, like he knows a lot about this. It really makes me think that he's done this before. Yeah, and uh, he'll do it again. <laughs> and he and he and he does. He does it again. Yeah. Um but yeah, so they're just lying on the floor in this prison, even though the guard said specifically said you have three minutes. Um I guess she just fucked off and went took a nap or something. <laughs> I guess. But she yeah. got she got too tired. I mean, there's no protocol for this, so I, I mean, I guess you're right. Like she she just She's like a computer. She's like, I cannot process the, the, the like this data you're feeding me. I need to go. Um, okay, so he need he wants to oversee the burial, so I guess he can know where they're burying her. Um, but Violet, who has overheard no Brenda, fuck <laughs> Brenda, <laughs> who has overheard their plan, like specifically requests to see him, and of course Rose the guard is like, well now she has priority because fucking Brenda is dead and violet is dead i hate this i know it's it's okay like we just there's there's one that has light hair and there's one that has dark hair because that's really the only like there's one that looks like uh the venus extravaganza and there's one (laughs) that looks like the mom from uh, the mom from uh oh my god beautiful people from abc family (laughs) yes exactly um but yeah so so he brenda talks to him first of all distracting him so he doesn't oversee the burial but she's like all right well you know she fucked you in order to get this treatment so i'll do the same and he's like but i love violet and I'm like you're a fucking idiot yeah <laughs> um because there is literally no difference between violet and brenda or the way they've approached the priest it's just that um i guess you know brenda got there first it's protocol exactly. or violet oh, god damn it it's okay <laughs> woman number one <laughs> there's woman number one and then woman number two <laughs> which is kind of how he thinks about them and prioritizes them yes pretty much um 
But yes, so he t- she she offers to sleep with him, and he says, "Get thee behind me, Satan," which I love. I love any time of a. I love any like get behind me, devil. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Because it's like uh, it. Uh, I forget where it's come up in another thing. I think it was like the like TV uh, biopic of Richard of Little Richard, where he's all like, oh. "Get behind me, devil! Get behind me!" And I was like, maybe the devil wants to get behind you. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but but you know, I mean, the the devil is not is not one to uh, you know rebuff any earthly pleasure. So let's put it that way. Maybe the devil <laughs> does exactly where he wants to be is behind you. Um. Anyway, yeah. about Violet Brenda, whatever her name is. <laughs> yeah. So well, she knocks him out. Um. And he goes into a very brief coma. He wakes well, up. Well, she hospital. shablam kicks him in the groin, <laughs> like <laughs> like. Which is why I keep thinking, like, she, like, I was like, oh, my God, she looks like Venus Extravaganza from Barrett's Burning. And then she, like, looks like she shablam kicks him. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is, this was even more, even better than I expected. I think I, I, I like, had to pause it because I was dying laughing for, like, two minutes. Oh, yeah. Brenda is maybe the, she, she's solid. She's making the right choices. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, so he wakes up. It's been two days. Cut to um, Violet. I got it. Um, underground, waking up, screaming, where are you? She's dead. Um, Freddy, in his liminal space, has a little poetry reading to a whole line of people. <laughs> yes, to a bunch of mourners in hell. <laughs> yes. Um, he wrote a little poem about Violet. It's, again, it's um, it's an okay poem. It's very Crypt Keeper-y. It's like, to Violet, the worms crawl in, the worms crawl out, the worms play pinochle on your snout. And it's like a very long poem, but that's what I wrote down of it. Yeah, pinoc- anything with, I mean, he managed to work in pinochle, which I, 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 you have to give it to him. He's, you know, he's a bard. He's, a, he's this very demonic bard at this point. Oh, yeah. And he, he's, he slipped it in right at the end of the season. I bet he was working on it since episode one. <laughs> We can't hold back at this point, right? Like, we're, I don't know if they knew that the season, the show was going to be ending, but like, we can't hold back. So let's just give, let's just give Robert England all the, all the FaceTime. Oh, yeah. And also, um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, sorry, I, not to skip too far ahead to the next episode, but I feel like they didn't know that they were going to be ending because the episode gives no indication that they thought as much. Uh, yes. <laughs> That I, that is correct. I have that written. <laughs> oh yeah, but we'll we'll get to that. Hold, yeah. hold, let's put a pin in that. Um, so next half of the episode, we give a little plot recap of the previous one. Um, he has another dream where he gets has to like watch her die again and again. He's begging his self priest ghost for forgiveness. Um, so she sees he sees Violet's like ghost at his bedside, and she's like, James, my love, I hate to hear you cry. She's like, I'm trapped in between worlds. You must get Brenda to forgive me. And then she has like a freaky rotting corpse face. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, very serving, very much Santa Muerte. Very. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, that's immediately what I thought. I'm like, oh, my God, this is Santa Muerte. This is, uh, what is it? Penny Dreadful, City of Angels, <laughs> whatever. Um, I mean, I'll have to take your word for that. I I heard that it was happening, but I, it, I, it has never come into my world. <laughs> Yes, and neither neither has it in mind. I just remember thinking, "Oh my God, it's uh, it's uh, uh, Marjorie Tyrell, and she plays Santa Muerte." I think. Oh, but anyway. Oh, 
Interesting. Uh, Seems like a very white choice. Exactly. Very appropriate. <laughs> yeah, it's like, this is not the person I trust to rule the gates of Jibaba. But, mm-hmm. um, Freddy, <laughs> um, he's in a confessional. He's like, forgive me. Or, and so the, there is a priest who's like, yes, my son. It's like I've killed 11 kids, 40 adults, 7 cats, 43 dogs, and a canary, which I think must be a reference to Nightmare on Elm Street 2, which I love. <laughs> um, and he's like, I also wasted a priest. And the priest is like, what was that last one? And so Freddy grabs his face to the lattice, which was kind of fun also. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Um <laughs> I, I I actually think like the the Freddy stuff was some of the most fun um, Freddy stuff because this is what I this is what I want right this is what I want from like a Freddy Krueger type campy campy I want a Crypt Keeper I want like you know if like Crypt Keeper and Elvira had a baby it would be and then aborted it it would be Freddy Krueger in this liminal space like that's what I that's how I envision this and it's pretty much what I'm living for. Yeah, and he he finally he finally is kind of nailing it. Like it's still not great, but it's <laughs> it's what you want from this level of show. Exactly. We we have the expectation. We've set the expectation very low that when it finally brings it in this penultimate episode, it's like, "Wow, that was really great." <laughs> yeah, good work. Congratulations. Um yeah, so now he gets to talk to Brenda. He's trying to get her to forgive Violet. Um and she's like, well, you know, Brenda's worm food, or Violet, yeah, no, Violet's worm food. Um, and he's like, what do you know? Did you take any theology courses? <laughs> and it's like, I don't, I don't think faith is about that necessarily. I don't think you need a certificate. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so he agrees to give her the Haitian voodoo sap pill. Um, the thing I love uh, that I didn't mention is that in both scenes where he's delivering the pill to the women, they're doing like prayer hands and like he touches his prayer hands to hers and thus like transfers the pill. Like you're slipping someone a tip and a handshake mm-hmm. and then they hold the prayer hands up to their mouth and they eat the pill. It's, it's that would happen in a Madonna video. Like, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, very much. I'm like, ah, oh, this is, this is very, you know, <laughs> oh my God. Like that's, <laughs> forgive me father exactly um but yeah so she wakes up she's trapped in solitary confinement and like scary face violet shows up and's like yeah forgive me but that was a dream um but then okay so her next of kin shows up which is he's basically a used car salesman i don't know what this is yeah um (laughs) His name's Jake Johnson. He's like this redneck white dude. He's like, we live together. And then um, the priest goes, oh, yeah, well, my condolences. And he's like, living together wasn't that bad. Yeah. <laughs> Which is such a dad joke. Yeah, I'm just like, you. he looks like like a polka band leader. Like, he's serving <laughs> you like polka band leader. He's polka realness. You. Yes, polka realness. Like, you know, foreman at a construction site. Which, I think this actor plays Tom, the construction guy in Stars Hollow in Gilmore Girls. Because he has the same kind oh. of voice. I didn't look it up, so don't. Uh, I apologize in advance because I did not look that up. But he just had the same voice. And I was like, okay, yeah, he definitely could be. Yeah, he's just he's a sleazy guy that for some reason was roommates with this girl and 
it, he's he gets our stuff. Um, and actually, yes, he was Tom on Gilmore Girls. Ah, love it. Nice catch. <laughs> um, but yes, so he's just really sleazy. Um, and then really weirdly, um, basically he ha- uh, the priest hands him a box of her possessions, and he's like, "What? No key?" And he's like, uh, what do you mean? He's like, to like a car or a house. And I'm like, you lived with her. Why would you think she had a house? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, you, you would be in the house. <laughs> She's been locked up on death row. You would yeah. be in that house. <laughs> Dumb fuck. Whatever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, And then the, the priest is basically trying to get him to, you know, talk about her death. And he's like, you know, sometimes grief is hard to talk about, but I'm here. And Jake's like, well, I've got some time. Just get it off your chest, father. <laughs> Um, which is kind of, I kind of, I love his carefree vibe, you know? Yeah. He's just very like, you know, this, <laughs> he, he's just like, I really could care less that she's dead. I just, you know, I just want my money. <laughs> yeah. And, but also again, why would he think she has any? <laughs> it, it, like, exactly. She's not in prison for money related crimes. Just, well, actually I don't, we don't know why she's in prison. I don't yeah, think. It's never, it's never explicitly said. It's because she's Latina. <laughs> I mean, hashtag abolition. That's all I'm saying. Like, yeah, this... I mean, <laughs> yeah, no, the, the, these episodes really serve to remind you that, you know, prison is not helping anyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> and we knew then. We knew then. Mm-hmm. Freddie knew then. Um, but yeah, so basically, um, he keeps trying to get her to forgive Violet, and she's like, no. And she fi- eventually does. But then he's like, yay. And then he stuffs a rag in her mouth and like shoves her in a coffin. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he's like, well, you're lucky. There's three to four hours of air in here. And I'm like, what the fuck? Are you just measuring all of these coffins? Is <laughs> he sitting down just doing the equations? You know, while he's like, uh, because uh, the, the just the logic of like, this will help. Like, this is going to somehow be okay with me and my God. <laughs> it's that is me. You've forgiven her. Great. Now you can go on. <laughs> now yeah. I can violently murder you. Yeah. And then he talks to his self ghost. He's like, uh, the fuck? And he's like, well, what? Mm-hmm. I did the right thing. I did God's will. All the murders have been punished. And he's like, not all of them. You did just murder someone. <laughs> um, and this is great. He's like, I'm not responsible. I'm an instrument of the Lord's will. And the, <laughs> the, the dream priest is like, God demanded she be executed by the state in a legally prescribed way. <laughs> Which is wild. <laughs> the, the theology of this is yeah, making I mean, some choices. Yeah, this, there's a lot. It's like, wow, did, did a prison warden write this? <laughs> I don't know. But it was so fascinating to think of like that's that that is this person's perspective on Christianity. Um, that God's okay with murder as long as the state does it. <laughs> yeah, as long as it's you know again with within the legal within the the within the proper uh, propriety of legal matters and all that stuff. Like, yeah, it's just the yeah. bounds of our earthly laws. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, but yes, so he finds out that the state is funding a new solitary wing or or the reopening and renovation of the old solitary wing, which is where he's keeping uh, Brenda. Um, And basically he runs over, he lets Brenda go. He's like, here, take some money, do something good in Violet's name. Um, Wait, is that what happens? Um, Oh my gosh. I'm just confused. Oh, okay. So, 
I don't remember how this happens necessarily, but she's still hidden in that room. I think he's just gonna he's he's gonna give get the money from J oh okay she wants him to get the money from some sort of robbery from jake mm -hmm. because he knows where it's hidden um jake shows up and, and so he's gonna come return to get brenda give her the money and then they're gonna escape but she's still in the solitary for now that's what's happening but yes. then jake jake double crosses the priest he's like well now that you've told me where the money is like i don't need either of you um and he's like you ever been to cleveland father <laughs> he's like no why <laughs> he's like just asking so he shoots him he falls in a box of packing peanuts that closes up and it says religious artifacts shipped to cleveland <laughs> because you know that's that's the most likely scenario like this that's like the beginning that's like what you don't see at the beginning of like csi like <laughs> it's yeah like we open it up and all of a sudden it's like a priest in uh, rotting Oh, that would be a great cold open for a CSI episode. Right? That's exactly what I was thinking. I'm like, oh, this seems, there's more to this. Oh, yeah. But also, where in Cleveland? <laughs> just the whole know, city. Cleveland. <laughs> just once you cross city limits, just drop off this crate of religious artifacts and a dead priest. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then obviously Brenda gets trapped in solitary. So this is the second part of the episode where a woman is trapped and left to starve to death. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray. Yeah. I mean you we thought we were getting a feminist episode because, oh my gosh, women can be murderers too. But in the end it's still, you know, misogyny. Hooray. Hooray. Well, at least you know, it, it's equal opportunity because almost everyone is dead at this point, right? But yeah, the women get to suffer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah gross. <laughs> um but yeah, so Freddie is in a little construction hat. He's like I really thought Brenda was going to make it the three months until the construction crew came. That's the trouble with government. You can get buried in paperwork. Which, again, it's like, this one is the least punny or funny of it, but it's like, this is kind of the, the vibe that you were expecting. And then the confetti of paper that falls on him, and then it's like one that's right on his forehead as, <laughs> as we fade to black. I was like, that, this is a mood. This is exactly what we were going for. <laughs> Oh, adorable. So, Joe, the penultimate episode of Freddy's Nightmares, was this a dream? Was it a nightmare? Or did it put you to sleep? Oh, my gosh. I mean, I was kind of flirting. I was kind of flirting with calling this a dream because why not? Yeah, <laughs> Just, yeah who cares? What's, what? <laughs> who cares? Why not? Fuck it. But I'm going to say this was a nightmare <laughs> because being buried alive is definitely something that is very terrifying. Oh, yeah. And, okay, I would say it's a nightmare, too, just because all of the racial stuff is so improperly handled. Mm -hmm. But the Freddy parts are a dream. Yes. I I would definitely agree with you on the Freddy parts, for sure. Like, it's that part of the dream that you're really enjoying, and then all of a sudden, you know, you get sh someone shoots you, and you end up in a box. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just, and it's just the, the plot's not that engaging, and it's the, it's kind of the same plot twice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But somehow we're supposed to believe it. And, like, at the end of it, I'm like, I really hope the priest dies. <laughs> and because, thankfully he did. Yeah, and thankfully, you know, he did. And he, he, he got, you know, killed by, you know, the Polka King of wherever, of, of Springwood. And, <laughs> Cleveland. Of, yes, of Cleveland. <laughs> um, Yeah. It, it, not the absolute 
worst of the shit, but it was like, eh, you know, it's fine. Um, so where can everybody find you and your shows, Joe, out, out there on the big bad internet? Uh, yes. So you can find Fright School and Art Time of the Month on um, all your famous, po- favorite podcatchers. And by favorite, I mean the ones that people use the most. So Apple, Spotify. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram at uh, Fright School and at Art Time of the Month. Uh, the Fright School account, we post a lot of really fun memes. So our meme game is very strong. So get on it. And um, yeah, just, you know, please uh, follow us, listen and like us. Uh, yes, please do that. Um, you can find me on Twitter at It's Raining Brands and Instagram at The Burning Clem. Our artwork was created by Henry Hall. If you'd like to support trans artists, and you should, you can send him a commission at henryhall.design. Our theme song is Living in a Dream by Pseudo Echo. Rate and review us wherever you get us. Uh, here's a synopsis of the next and final episode. A prisoner, George de la Pena, is due for parole after serving time in prison, yeah, as prisoners do, um, only to be haunted by his past before his release. Meanwhile, the prison warden tests an illegal drug for his own personal gain. And until then, uh, sweet dreams, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye.